0: Invest like a woman. I'm your host, Gabby Slummer, founder of Finasana and chartered financial analyst. In this podcast, we'll break down investing, money, and everything in between to help you build your money confidence and feel good about your finances. Let's get right into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Invest Like a Woman. Today's going to be the first real episode of Invest Like a Woman. I know it's technically the second episode, but last week I just introduced myself and provided background for who I am and why this podcast even exists. We talked about me and touched upon what I'm going to teach you, how I'm going to do it, but we didn't really get into anything about finance or investing or money, which is the whole point of this podcast. So today's first episode, or first real episode, is gonna be about, you guessed it, money. And today I wanna start with three personal finance rules that I talk about a lot. If you've been following us for a while, you've already heard me talk about them and they'll sound familiar to you. But before we get into what these three rules are, I just wanna level set. They're really simple. They're simple on purpose. Simplicity is key. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The concepts in personal finance aren't that hard. What's hard is actually putting them to work. It's not about predicting the next Bitcoin rally. It's not about starting a business that is going to go to a million overnight. Because let's be real, those things are really, really hard to do. Learning about good money management, though, isn't that difficult. It might not be easy to put into practice, but that's a whole different story, which we'll talk about another day. The concepts themselves are pretty simple, when taught the right way. And it's important that we have something to anchor to when making our decisions. And good money management is about consistency. It's about doing a couple of small things over and over and over again. I always make an analogy to losing weight. If you do a crash diet once every five years, you might lose a little bit of weight, sure. But we know that's not sustainable. We know it's not healthy. And the same goes for our finances. But how do you know which of these small habits are actually gonna have the most impact on your overall finances, are gonna make the most impact? Is it cutting out lattes? Now, this whole latte and avocado toast has blown up on social media and people get really angry about it and have super strong opinions. How many posts have you seen that say, don't tell me to cut out lattes. I'm not going to save up for a house deposit with $5 lattes. And listen, I get it. I drink about three coffees a day and exploring new coffee shops makes me happy. I spend a stupid amount of money on buying my coffee out, but it's not about the latte. Coffee purchases are a really easy thing for people to harp on because it's a mindless purchase that we habitually do and that adds up over time. But if it's not about the coffee, what is it about? It's about understanding your habits. Are you buying the latte or the shoes or getting the Uber out of convenience or because you actually value it? Okay, I'm going to pause there because I got away from the three simple rules a little bit, and we're going to dig into this whole latte and mindful spending and spending with your values another day. But for now, back to today's topic. One aside. More money alone isn't going to fix all your problems. People who make a lot of money can still go bankrupt. And in fact, a lot of times they do. A stat recently came out that a third of U.S. households earning $250,000 a year, a quarter of a million dollars, are still living paycheck to paycheck. People like Lady Gaga, Michael Jackson, and Rihanna have all declared bankruptcy. These are famous quote-unquote rich people who make millions a year and still manage to spend more than they make. So that brings us to the first rule, which is save money. I know that sounds simple, but the truth is that people don't trip on mountains. We trip on little rocks, small things that cause us to lose our balance. And it's these small bad habits that compound over time and cause us to all of a sudden open our eyes and say, how the hell did I end up here? How much money you save as a portion of your paycheck, so it's a relative figure, not absolute, the percentage of your salary that you save is the single most important factor that determines your future wealth. Not how much you make, not how much you're investing, well, Actually, more on that investing point a little bit later. But the point that I'm trying to make is that saving money is incredibly important. And you don't need a reason to save either. Just save something and keep doing it. Stay consistent day after day, week after week, year after year. And the point of saving money isn't only for 30 or 40 years from now to have a nice little retirement paw and retire on a beach in Florida, in a retirement community with a spicy margarita in your hand. The point is to give you choices in the short and medium term too, not just the long term. Sometimes putting away money can feel really intangible because we look at our 401ks or our pensions and we just don't see them every day, so they're not top of mind for us. I mean, so many of us literally don't even know the passwords to our retirement accounts, and we have no idea how much is in there. But money that's coming into your checking account, it's super easy to spend. So if you can create a pot of money for yourself that's separate from your retirement account, separate from your pension, and your pension, by the way, you can only access when you're 65. So that really is this like super long-term money. But think about this other pot of money, your savings. If you can get into a habit of saving money and creating this separate pot of money that is separate from your day-to-day spending but also separate from your retirement money and you can get into, get into a habit of not spending it frivolously, you'll be building yourself a solid foundation and it might come in handy sooner than you think. It'll give you choice. It'll give you flexibility. And it gives you the ability to do things that you want to do, like quit your job in banking, for example. Another really important thing about saving money is to remember to live within your means. Don't spend from tomorrow's paycheck as tempting as it might be. Spend money that you have, not that you expect to make in the future. When I worked in finance, a big chunk of my salary came from my bonus. And that's how it works for a lot of people in finance or even some sales jobs. You get paid a base, And the majority of your income is really from your bonus or future commissions. And a lot of people literally end up paying their day-to-day expenses from their bonus money that isn't actually there yet. And a lot of people do that without even having those bonuses, which is even worse. They put it all on their credit card and assume that they'll be able to make that money eventually, that they'll be able to pay themselves back. The problem is that when we look at these people, with the nice cars and fancy clothes, we assume that they're wealthy, that they're financially stable, even financially independent. And the truth is, we can only see what's on the outside. We can't see inside their bank accounts. So, if you switch the equation, pay yourself first and live within your means, everything else will be so much easier. We talked a little bit earlier about people like Rihanna and Lady Gaga going bankrupt. Now obviously I know these are extreme examples, but it's really important that as your income increases, your spending does not increase at the same rate. Now this doesn't mean you have to live in the same apartment that you did when you were 18 or eat ramen noodles forever. As you make more money, you can buy a slightly nicer car or go on vacation or spend the money on things that make you happy. But, and this is important, Don't start spending money lavishly without thinking about it just because your income goes up a bit. No matter how much money you make, there's going to be a way to spend it, I promise you. And if you don't think about your spending, it's really easy to dig yourself into a hole. So savings important. On to rule number two, pay off debt. I'm not going to go all Dave Ramsey on you telling you never to go out to dinner again until your debts are paid. Because frankly, that's not realistic for a lot of us. And if you try it and fail, it can cause even more feelings of shame around debt, which isn't helping anyone. Rather, it's all about balancing your lifestyle with improving your financial situation, which includes getting out of debt. Debt is why so many of us end up with poor financial health credit cards, and student loans are often the greatest culprits. The reason why debt is so bad is also the reason why investing is so good. Two words, compound interest. If you've been following me for a while, it sounds like I'm a broken record and like I'm obsessed with compound interest. But it's just so important. And so many people don't really get it. But the truth is you don't really need to understand how to calculate it You just need to understand conceptually how important it is and how quickly it all adds up. A little bit of a history lesson for a second. Compound interest dates back to medieval times when the Catholic Church frowned upon interest. So people had to get really creative and figure out new ways that they could charge interest because that's how banks made their money. That's still how banks make their money. So what they did is figured out these really complex ways to charge interest and hide them away in complex contracts without people noticing. Compound interest is still hidden away in complex contracts and most people don't understand how it works. Literally hundreds of years later, it's still making banks loads of money and taking away from everybody else. So what is it and how does it work? Compound interest means each time you get charged interest, or the amount you're paying someone else as a thank you for letting you use their money, which by the way, if you have outstanding debt, this is happening. So something like a credit card or student loans. Credit card, you put the money on your credit limit, you don't pay it off, the bank charges you a percentage of what you spent. If you don't pay it off in full, next month, you're gonna get charged a percent, not just on what you originally spent, but on the interest that you just got charged to interest on interest on interest. You're not just paying interest on your purchases, but on the interest. After a year or two, this isn't a huge deal. Well, actually that's not true because with credit cards, it is a huge deal because the interest compounds daily. That means that every single day that you don't pay your credit card after its due date, you're getting charged interest on the extra interest that already accumulated the day before. That means your credit card can go from zero to sky high really fast without you spending another dime on it. This also means that if you're paying off your minimum payment each month, if you're in good standing with the bank, you keep paying your minimum payment on your credit card or student loan, your balance could still continue to go up even though you think you're making your payments. I mean, it's just nuts. It's crazy that this is even legal. So you think you're paying it back every month, but in reality, it's just going to cover a portion of the interest that's accumulating. And instead of your balance going down, it might stay flat or even increase. I could do an entire episode on this, so I'm just going to stop there and say that it's really important to pay off debt. If you have credit card debt, make that your number one priority. Do whatever you have to do to make a plan that is actually going to get you out of debt. When I started talking about this, I said that you don't have to cut out restaurants or live like a hermit. And the reason I said that is because it's not realistic for most of us. It's not gonna be sustainable. And if you cut everything out, you're gonna end up binging and say, F this, let me grab my credit card, not think about it and go to the mall, go on a trip, go out to dinner, whatever it is that you wanna do and totally compartmentalize your debt. So instead of taking these hard and fast rules, Try to come up with an approach that's going to help you get out of debt in the quickest way possible while making adjustments you know you can actually live with. And remember, any concessions in your lifestyle are totally temporary. One more quick thing on debt. There's good debt and there's bad debt. And then there's bad debt that can be used like good debt and good debt that can be used like bad debt. I know it's a mouthful and it's incredibly confusing. Credit cards are a bad debt when we let our balances accumulate. If we use a credit card and pay it off in full every single month, it's not really debt. Good debt can be things like mortgages and even student loans to an extent. If you go to school for something that's gonna increase your future earnings potential and you use student debt responsibly, meaning you use it for tuition or rent, not shopping sprees, you make a plan to pay it off after graduation For many people, student debt is a kind of a necessary evil for getting an education. So it's all about using it to our advantage and not letting it snowball out of control. Mortgages, another type of good debt, are fantastic if we can afford them. Clearing out your bank account to put as a down payment to overextend yourself on a property that you really can't afford means that if you fall behind on your mortgage payments, That property can get taken away from you and it can go into foreclosure where you lose all your money. That's not a responsible use of mortgage debt. For most of us, though, if you use mortgages responsibly, you're building value. If you can afford your monthly payment, you're building ownership in something that you otherwise wouldn't be able to afford, and that's going to increase your returns in the long run. When you pay off your mortgage, you'll own the house. But when you pay off your credit card, what do you own? literally nothing, because most of that money is already spent on clothes that you don't wear anymore, on trips that you've already taken, or on food that you've already eaten. So the thing about debt is good debt helps us build value, lasting value, and an appreciating asset, like a house. Appreciating asset just means something of value that's going to keep going up. Bad debt are things like consumer debt, credit cards, Things that you spend money on that don't have any lasting value. So earlier I talked about compound interest, which is why debt is so bad. But I said that's also the reason why investing is good. Which brings us to the third rule, invest for the future. When you invest your money, you unlock the power of compound interest to your advantage. Instead of paying it to your creditors, like your credit card company or student loan or whatever other lender you have, you flip the script and you're earning that money. You're earning returns. And the longer you leave your money invested, the stronger and more powerful the concept of compounding gets. Investing isn't just for the wealthy either. It helps you grow your money to become wealthy. Warren Buffett is one of the most skilled investors But his true wealth-building power came from the fact that he's been investing for 80 years. He literally started when he was 11 years old, and he's 91 today. I know that's an anomaly. I get it. And my ambitions are not to be the next Warren Buffett or to become a billionaire by investing for the next 80 years. In fact, I'm already way too old for that. Most of us just want to be happy and pay for stuff that will make us happy. And investing can help us get there. It's the single greatest tool that most of us have to get there and to achieve financial freedom. And it's in reach for most of us. Another important reason why investing is critical. It's not just to grow your money, but it's to protect the money that you do have. You've probably heard about inflation. Inflation is extremely high. It's close to like, I don't know, 10%. Normally it hovers around two to three. So today, it's a lot higher than average, like 2 to 3x higher than a long-term average. And the best way to protect your money you already have against inflation is to invest the money that you already have. If you don't invest your cash sitting in a savings account, that cash is losing value every single day that it's not invested. If you want to learn more about inflation... Last week, we published a blog that digs into what it is, why it happens, and how you can protect yourself from it. So definitely go check that out on Finosana. When I said that cash is losing value every single day that it's not invested by just sitting in a bank account, what I mean by that is imagine you have $100 in a bank account. That $100 today won't be able to buy you the same amount of things as it was able to buy you last year. Things get more expensive. We know that. We see it all around us. And investing is absolutely critical to protecting your wealth and growing your wealth. And here's the best part. You don't need loads of time and you don't need to be good at stock picking. I'm actually super against picking stocks to begin with. It's like going to Vegas and gambling your money away on the blackjack tables or slot machines. Most people don't get it right and it's incredibly emotional. The alternative is so much better for most of us, which is passive investing via index funds. The truth is that even professionals who stock pick for a living don't do as well as index funds over the long term. We'll dig into index funds another day. So for now, investing helps us grow our wealth and protect us from inflation. And there are two ways we benefit from investing. The first is through capital accumulation aided by compound interest. You invest money in the stock market, it goes up a little bit this year, a little bit more next year, and a little bit more the year after that, and that keeps going. The original amount that you invested in 1, 5, 10, 20, 40 years is going to skyrocket just by leaving it invested. If you contribute more money, that money is going to go up too. And you're going to have way more money than you initially started with. If you invest $100 per month over 30 years, at the end, you're going to have almost $200,000 and you only actually contributed $36,000. It's a really big deal. The second way investing helps us get closer to financial freedom is through dividend income or passive income. When you own stocks in the stock market, companies sometimes pay you a dividend which is kind of like a thank you payment companies send you as cash into your account for owning their stock. When you own a stock, you own a tiny little piece of that company. So it's kind of like you're an owner and the powers that be are giving you some money because they did well. I'm not going to get into this too much today because we can spend an entire episode talking about stocks and dividends. If you own the stock of a company, they have the option to pay you dividends. Not every company pays dividends, and they can choose to stop paying dividends at any time. About 85% of companies in the S&P 500 pay out dividends, by the way, so it's quite a lot. The S&P 500 is basically just a group of the 500 largest companies in the U.S. The companies who do pay dividends literally just pay them directly into your account. I'm repeating that because for a long time, when I was studying finance at school or even working in finance, I knew what dividends were, of course, but it didn't really hit me that I was literally going to get cash deposited into my account. It sounds silly, but when I was 18, I had questions like, well, how are they going to get my account number? Are they going to mail me a check? How does it work? Do I have to ask for it? And the answer is no. It's automatic and it goes right into your account when you own stocks. The reason that I'm making such a big deal about this is that dividend income is passive income, and you don't need to do anything to get paid that money. You just get paid it. At the beginning of your investing journey, if you don't have a lot of money invested, your dividend income is going to be really small. And if you reinvest those dividends, which is literally just a setting on your account, you can turbocharge your investment growth via compound interest. The S&P 500 pays a dividend somewhere between 1% to 2% of the total amount you have invested, which is quite low. But by the time you retire and have had enough time to grow the amount invested, that 1% to 2% is going to result in a bigger and bigger paycheck for you without lifting a finger. And hopefully that 1% to 2% helps you pay your bills. Social Security is not going to be enough to pay for all of your living expenses. Even if the dividends aren't enough to pay 100% of your bills, it will still massively take the load off if you have enough invested, because you've already put in that work up front. So there you have it. Those are the three rules. Simple to remember, extremely effective if you actually put them into practice, but they can be hard to do for a lot of us. Save money, pay off debt, and invest for the future. And one more quick thing. The earlier you can implement these things, the better off you're going to be in the long run. The decisions you make early will have outsized impacts on your finances and in your life. By the time you're nearing retirement, you're not going to have decades to let your money work for you in the stock market. Hopefully today helped to provide a framework, something that you can implement and start making small but significant changes that can improve your finances. That's it for today, but I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for listening to Invest Like a Woman. To learn more and continue your journey, visit us on finasana.com, download our app, or follow us on Instagram. I'll see you next time.